1: Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor and Lumber Liquidators. Now here are Tom and Leslie, coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler and I'm
2: Leslie Segretti.
1: And what are you working on this beautiful summer weekend? If it's your house, well, you're in exactly the right place because we're your labor team. We're here to help you get the job done.
2: I want to say that we're your virtual labor team. We're your virtual. Let, let's not confuse. Contractors,
1: that's true. (laughs) Virtual, because we can't come there and with the paintbrush in hand. Although we'd very much like to, we we love doing that, but we can answer your questions. So if you've got a challenge that you're trying to tackle. If you've got a surface to paint and the paint just won't stick, maybe the stains keep coming through. Maybe you've kind of had it with your existing deck and you want some advice on building a new one so you can have it good to go for next summer. Maybe you're thinking ahead. You're a planner and you're thinking, man, I know it's hot now, but pretty soon I'm going to be spending a lot of money on my energy bills. We can give you some advice to help you cut those energy bills. Whatever's on your to-do list, let's add it to our to-do list. But help yourself first by calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT or posting your question to moneypit.com's community page. Coming up on today's show, have you ever noticed that storms in late summer and early fall can be the worst Well, that's why now is the best time to make sure your house is storm ready, including making sure your sump pump is good to handle that wet weather. We'll have tips just ahead.
2: Plus, if you love the look of real hardwood floors, but you don't have the budget to manage it, engineered hardwood might be a perfect solution for you. We're going to explain why in just a bit.
1: Plus, your carpet's looking a bit dingy. Well, instead of replacing them, a cleaning can help you get a few more years of use by removing the number one item that shortens carpet life. We'll tell you what that is and answer your questions to one 888 Pit. Leslie, who's first?
2: Steve in Kansas, you've got the Money Pit. You want to talk about a leaky roof. How can we help you out today?
1: Well, we live in a house that was built
3: in 1937, and sometime after the original house was built, there was an addition uh, put on one end of the house that's, uh, the house is a two-story house, but the addition is single-story. Uh, where the roof ties into the wall, when we get a hard rain uh, with a lot of wind, which we tend to do in Kansas once in a while, um, we get water that comes in and it leaks out, um, drips from the ceiling in that addition. Mm-hmm. And I we have a wood-burning fireplace Um, the chimney was made out of brick, you know, and I have caulked every place I can caulk. I've put sealer. I've had a new roof put on the addition and we still get water in there whenever it rains really hard. And I don't know where it's coming from.
1: Well, it's the flashing, obviously. So you say this is between the roof and the addition between the wall of the house and the addition. Um, the problem here is the flashing, and unfortunately, sometimes when this is done, even when you put a new roof on, they tend to reuse the old flashing. In your case, that flashing has got to be leaking. It's letting water get in when the wind hits it just in the right direction. Really, what has to happen here is for the siding against that roof intersection to be removed or peeled back, because the flashing has to go from under the roof well up under that siding to make it really, really tight. Now, there are different side, there are different flashing products to do that with. Um, Grace, who makes ice and water shield, makes like a flexible siding product that's designed for this purpose. It's like a membrane with an adhesive on it. And you can literally seal in any of that kind of space against exactly this condition, that driving rain that's going to come up between the roof shingles through the traditional aluminum flashing and get into that space between the roof and the siding itself. It's the only way to fix it. Okay. That gives me something to go on. All right. Well, sorry, it's not better news, but sometimes it's better off to take it back to the beginning and, and, and do it right the first time. As we always say, that if you can do it once and do it right, you won't have to do it again. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 pitch Thank you. We've
2: got Rebecca from Kansas on the line. What can we do for you today? We have a room that has the
4: old wood paneling in it with the grooves and such, but would really like to not remove it. But is there some way we can get the drywall look without putting up drywall with uh, putting on mud by hand or splattering it and kind of doing a knockdown or would it stick or what do we need to do?
2: Well, I feel like whatever you put on top of it, whether you fill it with mud or you use something to make the grooves go away and then try to smooth out the surface, you're going to get so much movement from the walls just in general not that your house is moving but you know it does and it gets a lot of movement just from people walking by that none of that's going to stick in there and it's going to end up falling off and looking weird and you're going to have to do it again so my suggestion is either embrace the paneling look as far as the grooves and paint it to give it a different effect or put like a half inch drywall over it?
4: Uh, if you painted it, would you have to put some kind of a primer so it'll stick or would you need to do a light sand on it? Or
2: Yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> you want to make sure that the surface is clean, right. obviously. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything, you know, sticky or gross on it, you want to give it a good cleaning. You can use something like TSP, which is trisodium phosphate, and that's like a good wall prep product, or you can give it a light sanding, but if you give it a nice, if there's a sheen to it, you may want to give it a light sanding, but not necessarily. And then I would use a really good heavy-duty primer, something perhaps like a bin or a zinzer, something that's, you know, hardcore that's going to stick to anything, and then let that dry. And once that's done, you can go ahead and put a latex top coat on it.
4: Okay. If we elected to do the half-inch drywall, we'd just treat it like a normal drywall uh it, put the mud on, and sand it, and then paint it.
2: Absolutely. The only thing to consider is that any electrical outlets, your boxes, things like that, are going to have to be pulled out a little bit. Oh, we're going to have to bring them out. Yeah. Trim as well. Okay. Very good. Thank you.
1: Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
2: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question to 888 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor.
1: And just ahead, late summer and early fall storms can be the most severe and the most damaging. We'll have tips to help you stay storm ready after this. You live in a Money
2: Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors?
1: Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-PRO.COM and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's Airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT.
5: The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project, at HomeAdvisor.com.
1: Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
2: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Give us a call right now on the Money Pit's listener line at 888-MONEY-PIT presented by HomeAdvisor.
2: You can get matched with background checked home service pros in your area, compare prices, read verified reviews, and book appointments all online and all for free. No matter what type of job you've got, HomeAdvisor makes it fast and easy to hire a pro you can trust. 888-666-3974.
1: 888-666-3974. So Leslie, the other night I was out and I came back and found my son and 15 of his closest personal friends uh, sitting around our fire pit. <laughs> it
2: was late in the evening. Were they expecting you home? Fine. They're
1: all good kids. I'd rather they be at my house than out and about somewhere else. But they were making s'mores and having a good old time. But by the time everybody got to bed, it was probably close to midnight. Well, the next day, Around lunchtime, we were out in the same area and we were fixing a kite that had a tear in it. And I look over to the fire pit and it was still smoking. So 12 hours later, the fire was still smoking, even though he thought he put it out the night before. You know, you never can really tell. The embers down deep in that ash bed were nice and hot, so you got to be so careful with that. Now, in our case, it was never much of a risk because it's out in the middle of the yard, but I just thought it was fascinating that 12 hours later, there was enough heat in that fire to uh, come right back up again. So if you're going to have fires in the fall, when it starts to get a bit chilly out, make sure they are out. Mm-hmm.
2: And you always hear in the wintertime about you know families who have the ash buckets outside and they don't put them far enough away from their house and then you know tragedy happens. So luckily yours is far enough away, but it's definitely a lesson to learn. Absolutely. Dennis in Massachusetts on the line is having some issues with some steps. What's going on?
6: I have a 1989 built uh, modular home And I have four steps going up to the front door. It's a one-piece cement piece. And uh, it's become so pitted now because of salt and ice and whatever else. And I just wanted to ask you if there was any way that I could refurbish that to make it look nice.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's actually lots of ways. So now, when you're talking about pitting, you've got little holes where the salts have been sitting on and have just sort of eaten away at the surface. So you can fill those. There are actually epoxy patching compounds that you can get. Several of the concrete manufacturers will make them. You have to make sure that it is a cement concrete patching compound. Otherwise, it's not going to stick. You can't take brand new cement and try to fill it in there because they won't stick to one another. And it's made specifically for cement, and some of them are self-leveling, some of them are not. I mean, you may want to put over the entire surface. You might want to fill the holes and then coat the whole surface. You've got a nice, smooth surface when you're finished. Now, the only thing is the color. It's not going to match that worn cement.
6: Yeah, that's why I called you, because I know it's not going to match the color. So should I get a professional to come and do it and match the color or?
1: My advice would be to use a complementary color. I mean, you're never going to get it to match exactly. All right. So uh, if I think
6: I live in Carver, Mass, which is the cranberry capital of New England, and if I wanted to stain it, cranberry, I could do that. Sure. Maybe. But
2: make sure you get a concrete stain or a concrete paint.
6: Okay. So uh, one more time. Uh, what is the name of the product again?
2: It's an Epoxy, E-P-O-X-Y, Epoxy Patching Compound. Several of the cement manufacturers will make one. QuickCrete has one. I mean, there's a bunch out there.
1: All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit.
2: Kathy in Arizona is on the line and needs some help cleaning the garage. What can we do for you?
4: Well, we bought this house last fall, and the garage floor is, I'm sure, grease from the cars, but I don't know how to clean it up. I'm just wondering if I can do that myself or if I've got to hire somebody to do that.
1: I think you can do it yourself. Um, you, What you want to do is pick up some trisodium phosphate. It's known as TSP. You'll see it in the hardware store or paint aisle of a home center. Mix that up into a paste-like consistency and cover the area of the stain. Let it sit for a while and then wash it out. Now, old oil stains are among the most difficult to take up. Um, but it will brighten it up a bit. And if you want it to be cleaner than that, what I would do is I would wash the floor, let it dry really well, and then paint it. You could use an epoxy painting, garage floor painting system. It's a two-part epoxy that's chemical cured. So you mix the two parts of the paint together, you apply it to the floor, uh, then you wait an hour or two and it, it basically hardens right up for you. And then it'll be a lot easier to clean after that.
4: Okay, but... So I can still put that epoxy over if I don't get all this grease up?
1: No, once you clean up the grease, as I mentioned, you may it may, the grease may be up, but it might still be stained. And if you wanted to make it look nicer, then you could paint it.
2: Yeah, because the the beginning part of this kit is usually like an etching compound that sort of prepares the floor to receive the coating. So if you can just get the actual grease off, even though the stain is there, it'll prepare it so that it will adhere to it. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you. Now we're heading to South Dakota where David's on the line. What can we do for you today?
7: Yes, thanks for taking my call. I just had my uh, 120-year-old house uh, sided with with new vinyl siding. I got relatively new vinyl windows. And I'm curious, do I caulk between the J-channel and the window frame on the outside?
1: No, you don't have to. Okay, that's not necessary? No, it's not necessary. Um, It should be watertight the way the installers put it in correctly. It should be watertight as it is. Uh, if they needed, if it needed to be caulked, they would have done that. I know it looks like there's a big gap there, but, but that's pretty typical. And you, you generally don't have to caulk between the back of the J channel and the side of the window.
7: Yeah. I was just worried about if it rains from a certain angle, it's going to, you know, wick down through that gap and then run behind the siding.
1: Usually that's pretty tight and that won't happen. I mean, there's no reason you can't caulk it, but I don't necessarily think you have to do it. Okay. That's all I wanted to know. Well, homeowners across the country have experienced heavy rains and even some flooding this summer. When the forecast calls for that severe weather, though, it's important to make sure you are ready for the storm.
2: That's right. Now, some homes with basements should have sump pumps installed to remove excess groundwater. And it's also important to make sure that your system is in working order before that severe storm strikes. Now, in some cases, the sump pump might not have been running for months, maybe even years, which is a good thing unless you need it and then you need it, and it doesn't work. But, Tom, there's a trick on how you can test it so that you really know if you're ready.
1: Yeah, there's two ways. It depends on the type of, t- of, of uh, sump pump you have. But if you have one that's float actuated, it's a floated, that kind of looks like the float in a toilet tank, those are easy. You just you know get a hose and fill them up, and when the float kicks on, starts to pump water out, you know uh, it's good to go. There's another type that has sort of a pressure switch. Now, with those, the plug is going to have a little straw is the best way. It's a little tube sticks out of the side of it. Now, this may sound a little bit gross, but this is the way. <laughs> this is the way inspectors would test these. And there's supposed to be an extension to this, but there never is. Basically, if you suck on that little straw that sticks out the side of it, you'll hear a click that closes the circuit, and that's what happens when there's pressure in it. But that's why that straw is there. You put your finger over it after you hear that click, plug it in, and if it comes on, you're good to go. But either way, it's a good idea to kind of check that to make sure the sump pump is ready.
2: Yeah, because if they're not working, they're they're not working. Now, a failed system in the middle of one of those heavy rains could result in your basement flooding. Now, we all know that can cause damage to the floors, the walls, whatever you store down there. I mean, truly, if you get water in the basement, there are so many things that can get ruined. Now, most of your sump pumps are going to run on electricity. So a battery backup is a great idea but most of those backup batteries will only run for like a limited amount of time so if you live in an area that's prone to the flooding and you really rely on your sump pump a whole house generator is going to keep that sump pump running even if a major storm knocks out the power for an extended amount of time
1: yeah it's a really smart move a whole house generator gets installed outside your house it comes on automatically literally within seconds of a power outage. If you'd like to learn more about generators, we've got lots of great articles on our website at moneypit.com. I can tell you that both Leslie and I have whole house generators in our homes. And uh, when they come on, it's just great. Especially when you're coming home at night and you're the only house in the street with lights.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. In the few years, I think I've had mine four years. I think it's been on for a total of 11 minutes. But I mean, this came off of a 17-day no power situation. And so... Luckily, it hasn't been on, but at the same time, I kind of wish the power would go out so Because you're ready, <laughs> I'm ready for it. That's why it will never go out ever again.
1: <laughs> Reminds me of the first time I blew, I, I bought a snowblower after hor- horrible snowstorms the winter before. I bought a snowblower. Didn't snow a lick.
2: <laughs> well, you keep buying snowblowers and avoid the snow. I'll be All happy. Right, you like that. that, huh?
1: All right, we'll do just that. 888 No need to avoid your next home improvement project. We're here to help. Give us a call or post your question to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com.
2: All right, we've got Len in South Dakota on the line with a painting question. What can we do for you today?
1: I want to refinish some windows uh, of the frames
4: and shelves and stuff around them. I have Anderson windows in there. They're badly neat refinishing because the how well it's been, 39 years old. There's been some sweating and stuff, so especially those are bad. And I heard about a paint that uh, was actually mentioned on this old house, um, on their, uh, at this old house, where they had refinished some kitchen cabinets.
6: And they were talking about a special paint they got now that you didn't have to uh, sand or anything. Well, you had to degrease a little bit, but... uh, didn't have to sand or anything. And you just, I mean, the paint was very, I guess, adhesive. It just...
1: I think you're talking about these one-step products that are basically primer and paint in one. And sure, they exist out there because everybody was looking for, uh, you know, kind of cut corners and, and make it all happen a little bit easier. I personally am not a fan of those products. I, I am a traditionalist in that I know that I want to clean my surface, sand my surface, prime my surface, and only if I do those three things do I know that the paint's really going to last. And I've had great success doing this. I mean, I've had paint surfaces on the outside of my house that have lasted over ten years by by kind of following this path. So I really don't think it's it's worth you know just kind of skipping that priming step to use an all-in-one product. Plus, I've noticed that when you put a second coat on. Uh, it tends to be uh, kind of gloppy because it's really thick. Oh, okay. okay? So that's my two cents on it.
6: It was very expensive. It's actually used on streets.
1: I'm sure there's great products out there like that, but I still don't think you have to go there. You're just talking about saving one coat of paint and a little bit of sanding. So I would definitely do that the right way. Okay, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. I don't know why folks really hate that sanding step. <laughs> it's not that big of a no, deal. It,
2: it's so important, and though. And that prep
1: makes, it makes the whole job.
2: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Just ahead, if you love the look of real hardwood, but don't have the budget to manage it, engineered hardwood might be a perfect solution. We're going to share those details in just a bit. Pit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy.
5: The Money Pit is presented by PaveStone. Building a fire pit, patio, planter, walkway, or even a grill surround is quick and easy with RumbleStone from PaveStone. Look for RumbleStone at The Home Depot and visit PaveStone.com for project ideas and how-to instructions.
1: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
5: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Here to help you with your home improvement project, your decor dilemma, whatever's going on in your house. We'd love to talk about it at 888 Money Pit, or you can post your question to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com.
2: Stan in Texas, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I've
7: got excessive humidity um, to the point that uh, sometimes I even see drops off one of the registers in the bathroom in the second floor of my home, I have a um, a heat pump or air conditioner unit in the attic Mm -hmm. just above the second floor. And um, I've had uh, to turn on a dehumidifier in my my, uh, bedroom (laughs) just to keep most of the humidity out. And I was wondering if there was any really good way, not too expensive, to get most of the humidity out of the of the attic space, which of course is affecting the humidity in the second floor.
1: Couple of things. First of all, some of that condensation coming off the metal ducts in the attic.
7: I can't say for sure. It's um, it. <laughs> most of the things that are up there are wasps, and it's hard enough just to put my head up there. <laughs> so
1: that's the business end. Okay, that's right. where you got to go. So if you got to get a, an exterminator to handle those wasps, then, then go ahead and do that. But two things. Number one, you need to insulate those ducts because that warm, moist air in the attic is probably what the source of a lot of that condensation is, especially where the register gets close to the ceiling. Okay. So you want to add additional insulation there. And then the other thing that you could do is you could add what's called a whole house dehumidifier. It's actually built into the HVAC system. And while air conditioners themselves do have a dehumidifying effect, they're not efficient dehumidifiers. A whole house dehumidifier is. Uh, And will basically run and it can pull, some of them can pull... I don't know, like ninety to a hundred quarts of water out a day. They're, okay. they're really efficient. Should that be an really add-on, effective. or does it have to actually come with the? the oh no, uh, no, it's an add-on. Yeah, it's like when you add like an electronic air filter or something of that nature. Basically, you put it in the on the return duct side.
7: Yeah. Okay, it's going it to be kind of a tight squeeze because there's not much room uh, between there and a and a uh, metal metal uh, roof. Yeah. Um, so I. guess I'll probably have to throw another couple of dollars and a couple of cases of beer at the, whoever is uh, well. My <laughs> advice
1: would be to, uh, to to not throw the the money or the beer until the job is done. <laughs> of course, oh yes, yes. All right, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Thank
2: you again. Well, if you're looking for a budget-friendly floor option, but don't have the budget for a solid hardwood floor, engineered hardwood is an excellent option. We've got details in today's flooring tip presented by Lumber Liquidators.
1: Now, engineered hardwood is made with real hardwood. It's got a real hardwood top layer, but that's then attached to a structured wood core. And once it's installed, the engineered hardwood looks just like solid hardwood, but because there's less hardwood needed engineered hardwood floors can cost a lot less.
2: Yeah, and that's a huge savings. Now, another big benefit of engineered hardwood is that the core structure makes that flooring dimensionally stable, and that's going to give you a lot more options when it comes to installation. Now, it's a lot less likely to be impacted by humidity and temperature change, so you can use it in a wide variety of climates, including those below-grade spaces where dampness can really just ruin a solid hardwood floor.
1: There are also a lot of options when it comes to installation. Engineered hardwood is available as a tongue and groove flooring product that can be nailed down or glued down or even edge glued together to form a floating floor. Now, if you're looking for an even easier installation, it also comes as a quick-click floor, meaning that the boards basically just lock together with no adhesive or even clamping required, and that makes it perfect for a DIY floating floor application.
2: Now, before you install that engineered flooring, it is a good idea to let that flooring acclimate to the room that you're going to use it in. So pick up the flooring a few days before you plan to install it, and then leave it in the house in the room you're going to put it so that it gets used to all of those climate conditions in that space. Now, if you're doing the installing yourself, just be sure to follow those instructions that are provided by the manufacturer. The whole process is pretty easy and you're gonna be amazed with the results and so proud of yourself.
1: And today's flooring tip was presented by Lumber Liquidators, where you can get the best selection of pre-finished engineered hardwood floors for less. Choose from a wide variety of styles, from light to dark hardwoods, smooth or distressed in domestic species like oak and hickory, and exotic species like Brazilian cherry and Brazilian pecan. Engineered hardwood is regularly priced from $1.99 per square foot up to $6.29 per square foot, and available at Lumber Liquidator stores nationwide and online at LumberLiquidators.com.
2: Valerie in Washington is on the line and has a question about outdoor decor. What's going on? I have uh, a simple railing on my front porch, and it's cedar. Part
4: of it's stained uh, to keep uh, it from deteriorating, so it's orange-colored, and the rest is just naturally aged cedar silvery. And I want it to be white to match the rest of my trim. So there's two different colors, and do I do an undercoat, a primer, and is it oil-based? And can I get a stain, a pure white
1: stain for it? So you probably can. Well, what I would suggest is a, is a twofold approach. I would prime it first, and then I would use a solid color stain. because so I think that will give you the sort of more natural look that you seem to be looking for. But you should prime it and then apply the solid color stain. Now, because this is uh, off-color orange as you describe it, if you don't prime it, you may get some of that that comes through. That's why I want you to prime it first. You'd use an exterior grade primer and you'd use a solid color stain. If you buy both the primer and the stain from the same manufacturer, you can be sure that they'll work well together.
4: Okay, it doesn't matter if it's oil-based or not.
1: I would probably recommend an oil-based primer only because you're going to get better coverage over that darker color. But in terms of the stain itself, that could be latex-based.
2: Oh, okay then. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it and I enjoy your program.
1: Well, thank you very much. 888 Three nine seven four.
2: Still to come, steam cleaning is a simple way to make your carpeting last longer and look better if it's done right. We're going to have tips after this. This show is supported
0: by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. At the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
5: The Money Fit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com find top-rated home pros you can trust. And if you're a service pro looking to grow your business and connect with project-ready homeowners, check out HomeAdvisor.com.
1: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at one 888 Pit. Presented by HomeAdvisor, where you can find trusted home service pros, compare prices, and book appointments online, all for free.
2: All right, Dorothy in New Jersey, you've got the money, Pit. how can we help you today? I respect all life, but when you have a centipede falling of a wall that left the basement it's coming up into
4: the house, it looks very ugly and scary. I understand they're carnivores, so maybe they'd eat other bugs, but uh, I don't really know how to get rid of them. And also, I'd like um, to know about crickets, how I can catch them.
2: What kind of crickets are you talking about? Those weird-looking ones that hop, and they're, like, gigantic in your basement? They look, like, prehistoric?
4: These are the black ones that live outside, but as soon as it
2: turns full, they, they come, and you hear them singing in your garage. Oh, okay. And you don't want to kill anything, correct? Well, I guess I could, uh, but the, personally,
4: I have a pet that eats cr- crickets. So I'd like to catch them. I've read on the internet, I can't seem to come up with a way to capture them or, um, you know, I'd like to capture them and get them out the, the... Centipedes, I'm open to, you know, germination.
2: Well, I was going to say, you know, for your basement, I would start by making sure that everything is sealed off. So you have anything that protrudes through the foundation wall, you know, dryer vents, anything, make sure that it's all sealed around. Anything can come in through the tiniest opening. So whether you use an expandable foam or steel wool, you know, you want to make a combination of things to close up every opening that you see because that's how they're getting in. Now, once you've done that, if you see a centipede in the house, I would suggest you could take a vacuum and you can put um, like a piece of pantyhose at the end of the intake hose. So before it gets into the bag or gets into the area, it gets caught in that little piece of pantyhose. Oh, that's a good idea. And you can vacuum them into the pantyhose and then release them into the wild or whatever you like, or feed the crickets to your lizard or snake friend. Now, as far as the crickets in the garage, I would do the same. I'd make sure everything is sealed up. I don't know of any sort of traps that you can place and leave and, you know, go and then collect any of the crickets. I've done and I've seen this done with with people who have crickets in the basement, specifically the cave crickets. They take um, tape and lay it sticky side up around the entire perimeter of the room. And then the crickets, when they crawl in under the walls, they get stuck to the tape. Now, they're still alive, stuck to the tape. I would usually think people throw away the tape, but you might be able to, I don't know, feed them to your friend that way. Right. Okay. Thank you. Well, if you have wall-to-wall carpeting at home, you know kids, pets, family traffic, all of the day today, can lead to some pretty dingy-looking carpets rather quickly. I mean, <laughs> I hate to say it, but you can definitely see where people go walking and all the wall-to-wall carpeting in my house. Now, fortunately, it's not hard to steam-clean those carpets yourself. Now, this is something that you can do at least once a year to keep your carpets looking new and smelling fresh, and it's going to actually help them last longer as well because the number one reasons that carpets wear out get this guys is dirt. I mean, how gross is that? It's like sandpaper that gets ground into the carpet and then it breaks down all the fibers and it just makes it look gross and it makes it
1: fall apart. Now you can rent a steam cleaner at your local home center or even a supermarket near you. You want to make sure you get the right amount and type of cleaning fluid to go with that machine because it's very specific to the way the machine works. Follow the directions for mixing it up carefully. And consider getting the upholstery attachment for those hard-to-reach areas like furniture and stairs. You know, I think using a steam cleaner is kind of like using a pressure washer. Once you get going, you don't want to stop. So have all the tools <laughs> right there, good to go. And I tell you, I have cleaned some carpets that I was pretty sure I had to replace, especially in a, in a, in a rental property that we own. And we thought we would had to replace this carpet about three times. But after I steam clean it looks good as new. I'm like, all right, good for another year. So check it out. Uh, and I think you'll find that the result is well worth the small effort it takes to get it done.
2: Patrick in Wyoming's on the line with a question about cracking drywall. Tell us what's going on.
4: I have a recurring problem with cracks in the walls, and I've spackled them four or five times, and I spread the spray rubber sealant over them, and they just keep returning.
2: And when you're talking about cracks in the wall, do you mean like by the door, by trim work, by windows, or like smack in the middle of the wall?
4: Uh, both. I have have one by a front door that keeps reoccurring. And then I have one in a a stairs going down a set of stairs.
1: Well, by the stairs is pretty typical because you get a lot of movement. And and, the front door, too. Yeah, a lot of movement in that space. So I I think he's just not fixing it right, Leslie.
2: Well, and the issue is, Patrick, whatever you do to fix them, it's not a once and for all thing because you're dealing with movement that continually over time could eventually lead to whatever you've used to fix that crack to dry out. So there's got to be a way to fix it.
4: Yeah, the hardware store sold me this uh, rubber spray compound that's supposed to flex and give with the wall, and that, it, it doesn't seem to work. I just wondered, what's the best solution, paneling?
2: No, I mean, <laughs> I, I've never used a rubber spray compound, but what I have done in areas where I have a crack or any sort of seaming, instead of using a paper tape like you would do when you're putting two sheets of drywall together, I use a fiberglass tape, and it looks almost like a sticky mesh. And you use that to go over your crack, and then you put the compound over it and feather it out, you know, try to make it smooth, and then let it dry and sand it. And you do a couple of applications of that, allowing it to super dry, sand it smooth, add another layer. And that does the trick, because that fiberglass tape that's sort of meshy looking, does its best to span the crack, spread the surface over it, and makes it adhere much better than you would with a paper tape or no tape at all. And that should give you a much longer time.
1: All right, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 money.
2: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. It's still ahead. Whether you own an old home or thinking about buying one, they're easier to navigate and improve when you know their history. We're going to tell you how to track it down when the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show returns.
4: You live in a Money Pit.
5: The Money Fit is presented by ADT, the security leader for over 140 years. Trust ADT to protect your home, family, and all you care about. At ADT, we know your security is only as strong as the people who are backing you up. For 24-7 monitoring and peace of mind, visit ADT.com.
1: Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
5: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: And what are you working on this beautiful weekend? Whatever it is, we'd like to help. Give us a call now at 888 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor. We will find the best local pros for any home service.
2: That's right. It doesn't matter what the project is. They make it fast and easy to find top-rated pros. And there are no membership fees. It's 100% free to use. Just check them out at homeadvisor.com. But remember, post your questions right now at the Money Pick community section. And here we have one from Jen who writes... Do you have any specific suggestions on painting stucco after repairs have been made?
1: You know, it's pretty much the same as painting any exterior surface. You want to make sure you clean it really well. Use a primer. I prefer prefer a solvent-based primer, an oil-based primer. Let it dry really well and then paint it. Now, before you do that, though, you want to make sure that you fix up any loose stucco and seal any cracks. And use a product that's designed for stucco repair, not just a caulk, for example, that's designed for uh, you know, sealing drafts, the, the caulks and the sealants are very specific for masonry. Uh, Quikrete has a bunch of good ones. And then you could prime it and paint it, and you'll be good to go.
2: All right. Next up, I've got a poster from Gabe, who's thinking about the fall already. He says, how often, now that the weather is going to be getting colder sooner, do I need to seal my pitted driveway? And what should I be using?
1: Well, if it's pitted, you gotta do it now, Gabe. (laughs) Because you don't want to leave those holes in there. It's gonna, the water and ice are gonna get in there, all freeze and it'll break apart. So listen, it's a pretty easy job. Uh, you want to basically get yourself a five-gallon bucket of driveway sealer, and an applicator. Clean the driveway really good and just sort of squeegee it on. You don't need any sort of primer. If you've got cracks, you've got to fill them first. But after it's done, you want to make sure that you're using salt that's not corrosive when winter comes because those that use the corrosive salts, like rock salt, well, they end up fixing up concrete and uh, driveways with lots of holes in it. So choose carefully, my friend, and you'll be good to go for a long time.
2: Yeah, Gabe, when you're getting the salts, look for calcium chloride. That is the one that will do the least amount of damage.
1: Well, if you own an older house or you're thinking about buying one, you might just wish its walls could talk because if you know about the history, you might be able to prevent some problems. Leslie's actually got some tips on how you can do just that in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word.
2: Yeah, you know, the biggest key here, guys, is knowing your older home's exact age. I mean, that is valuable since homes built in the same era tend to face similar problems. Now, with the help of an architecture book or two, most homeowners can narrow their home down to a core style and a time period. But here's the key, guys. Public records are huge. If you can get your hands on them, they will tell you a ton. So visit your local building department, the tax assessor, or even the Register of Deeds office to find the deeds, maps, plot plans, building permits, each of which could fill you into a key piece of the home's history. Even insurance companies, they keep maps since the mid-1800s, and that's a great way to find out more of your house. They're going to catalog the buildings in your area, descriptions, layout, materials used... If you can't get any of that, start doing the exploration around your house. Take a look at the type of wiring. If you've got knob and tube wiring and steel plumbing pipes, that's kind of key to the 1900s to 1940 area. If you're seeing fuse-type electrical systems and plaster lath walls, you're thinking more 1940 to 1960. And finally, look around. You might be lucky enough to find dates stamped onto plumbing fixtures, like your toilets and sinks. And it's a pretty safe bet that your home was built right after those fixtures were made because guys knowing a lot about your home's past can actually help you plan for that home's future and it really makes it a fun learning experience and a fun project
1: this is the money pit home improvement radio show coming up next time on the program we're going to find out about some leaks now the leaks that come from pipes they can be easy to spot but when they come from condensation, that solution is a little more complicated. We'll share it, though, on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler.
2: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Remember, you can do it yourself.
2: But you don't have to do it alone.
4: You live in a Money
2: Pit.
0: Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
5: Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have, from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit
2: gcu.edu.